We are going to talk today by the grace of the Lord about the title of the sermon is Jesus, our refuge. Amen. Let's say together, Jesus, our refuge. Praise God. Jesus, our refuge. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 14. The book of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 14. Genesis 6 and verse 14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Praise God. Let's read it once again. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Praise God. You see, Noah was a righteous man. We know that. In the book of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9, let's turn to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9. The Bible says these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Now, let us briefly compare Noah and Lot. Noah's godliness extended to his family so that all of them followed him into the ark and were saved. Can we say amen? But you see, Lot was a righteous man too, but he was not able to save his family. This tells you something about the righteousness of Noah. Yes, there was a problem later with Ham. But don't forget, he saved his family by the grace of God. Remember that Noah lived much longer than Lot. The Bible says he was 500 years old when he built the ark. 500 years of righteous example. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> 500 years of righteousness. Hallelujah. There was no doubt in the mind of his wife, his children, that our father is a righteous man. We have seen him. We've heard before we were born of his righteousness. And in all the years we have lived, there is no doubt. We would rather follow our father than the world. Let me tell you one thing right now. With God, all things are possible. Even if the whole world is evil, it is still possible to live a holy life. Hmm, somebody shout hallelujah. 
There is no excuse. Somebody says, but, but you know, uh, all my friends, the whole world, Noah did not care about how the world lived. He cared about how he lived and how his family lived. Praise God. Salvation begins at home. Our job, brothers and sisters, is to first keep our homes holy. Say, as for me and my house. Praise God. Before we go to save the world, let's save our families in Jesus' name. But Lot was not able to save his family. We said, but of course he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Look, Sodom and Gomorrah is one, two cities. But Noah lived in the, the world at that time, globally, was totally corrupted. If Lot wanted to, he could leave Sodom and Gomorrah. But where will Noah go to? Where does Noah go to? No place. Sometimes we say, if I can only go to that place, I will live a holy life. <laughs> it's possible to live a holy life in Sodom and Gomorrah. In Jesus' name, say amen. Praise God. It is possible to live a holy life in the entire world, which may be corrupted. God himself said, the end of the world has come before me. All flesh has corrupted itself, all except eight people. Hmm, praise God. Lot saved himself by his righteousness, but he was not able to save his family. May Jesus help us. Hallelujah. Please, don't try to only save yourself. At least save your family. Save your brothers and sisters. You know, the rich man in hell, when he went to hell, he wanted to save his brothers. He said, I have five brothers. He never thought about the condition of their soul until he came to hell. You know, everybody in hell wants to save their family. God have mercy. Why don't we try to save our families before we see a place called hell? In Jesus' name. Through the preaching of the word of God, we should see the horribleness, the, the horrible place that is hell. It's depravity and hopelessness. And the first thing this man thought about was his family. You know, first he tried to save himself, yeah? When he couldn't save himself. There is a place that a preacher will tell you it's too late. And that place was hell. Abraham told the rich man, God have mercy. It's good to listen to the preacher before it's too late. Amen. I, I shouldn't go to hell to hear a preacher tell me it's too late. We are here on this earth. Our job is to tell people, save yourself now before it's too late. But God allowed a preacher to speak to a man in hell. 
and says, too late. What basically Abraham was saying is, look, uh, even I can't go and preach to your brothers, but they have Moses, praise God. They have Moses. God always gives a preacher for the world. Amen. I, you don't, we don't need a preacher when we leave this world. We need a preacher here in Jesus' name. May God help us to listen to the preacher. So, Lot was a righteous man, but he was unable to influence his family as Noah did. He lost his wife to Sodom and Gomorrah. His two daughters were totally debauched. They were depraved. They were filthy. They were only physically saved from Sodom and Gomorrah. But you see, we must be saved spiritually not just physically, from sin. Because ultimately, it is the spiritual side which will destroy us. It's not about the flesh. The flesh profits nothing. It goes back to the dust. But it's what's happening in the spirit. We need to be changed. Praise God. Noah did not allow the world to change him. Praise God. Lot allowed Sodom and Gomorrah to change his family. He should have taken them out and saved their souls. Let me compare Lot and Noah on another note. You see, we can be certain that Noah had some job or some means of livelihood. Yeah? We don't know what his job was, but his main preoccupation was the building of the ark. Please listen carefully. It doesn't matter, and I do hope you have some kind of job in this world, whatever your business is, but you should have one main business. Amen. That business is kingdom business. I'm sure when Noah finished his job, which would put bread on his table, he would pray and tell his family, let's go and do some kingdom business. Praise God. Let's build something for the kingdom of God. What is your job for the kingdom of God? Sadly, Lot did not have any kingdom business. Lot had only one main business. It was to earn money in Sodom and Gomorrah. If you would have met Lot and asked him, um, excuse me, what do you do for God? Are you building an ark? Are you building something for Jesus, for God? He would say, not really. You know, I live in an evil place. I live. What are we building? What is our main business in this world today? If our business is only to do business in Sodom and Gomorrah, we're in trouble because you will lose everything anyhow. Whatever we are doing for this world will disappear. But Noah had kingdom business. 
when he would finish with this world and hit the business of the world, him and his family would build the ark. Praise God. Somebody would say, Dad, why? I mean, who ordered this ark? What's the name of the customer? Let's say he was a carpenter. <laughs> Noah would say, God ordered this to save us. God is the customer, if you will. We all must have some kingdom business. Otherwise, we are going to just lose everything like Lot. Of all men, we would be the most miserable. I hope you have some kingdom business that is your real business. With everything else, we just using it to put food on the table, so to speak, bread on the table. But our main business is to build something for God. Noah built an ark for a hundred years. He was building an ark, brothers and sisters. Imagine. The man was well employed. Usefully employed for the kingdom of God. Blessed is he or she who has some project for Jesus. Praise God. But everything that Lot built went up in smoke, literally. Everything he built, he lost. What, what business was he doing? Whatever it was, is gone. Finish. Do you know that when God finished with the world of Noah, the only thing left was what Noah built? Praise God. When you build something for God, it will never perish. It will never die. It will rise up. Hallelujah. It will float above the tallest mountain in Jesus' name. May Jesus take the work that you're doing for him and lift it up to the heaven of heavens. Let the work of Noah float higher than the highest mountain in Jesus' name. Praise God. I, I expect all my work I'm doing for this world to be burnt up with the fire and the fire that Jesus will unleash that Peter speaks about. But I expect that all the labor I put in for Jesus, the fire of this world will not be able to destroy. It will come forth as gold and silver. Amen. And I, I'm telling you in Jesus' name, the work that you do for Jesus will be the only ark which will remain, which will prevail, which the forces, the storms must have hit against the ark, beat upon it, lightning struck the ark, but it could not be destroyed because it is built in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It is built by the word of God. What are you building by the word of God in your life? That is the only thing which will remain. People may attack it. People may spit on it. People may try to put fire, thunder, lightning. <laughs> it will prevail. Say it will prevail in Jesus' name. What, what we are doing for Jesus will prevail. Hallelujah. There was no company left. There were, where were all the gods of, of the people in the days of Noah? Where were those gods? They may have even laughed and said, uh, Noah, 
you take refuge in your God and we have our gods. Let me tell you, all those gods died. <laughs> they were dead, by the way. But all those temples and all those gods were drowned in the name of Jesus. That which is not of God, which is not built according to the specifications of the word of God. Jesus is the only God who was manifested in the flesh. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Only that will survive. Everything else will drown in Jesus' name. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Hey, amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm excited, praise God. Ha, praise Jesus. What are you building for Jesus? What, is, what are you building for yourself? Know the difference. That which we build for Jesus has no expiry date. No floods will overwhelm it. No fire will destroy it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Be encouraged. Whenever you do any labor for Jesus, you are building an ark which is indestructible, invincible in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel the power of what I'm saying because it's true. The Holy Ghost is confirming it. Praise God. Hallelujah. We must all have professions related to heaven. Ah, I love that phrase. Pro professions related to heaven. Some kingdom business. Like I said, we cannot say this about Lot. Lot's only business appeared to be enriching himself in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Apostle Paul warned us. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 31. Paul says, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world pass it away. Somebody say, the fashion of this world passed away. Amen. Let me repeat. Noah proves that we can live in the most corrupt and wicked age and yet remain untainted by the sin of the age. Say amen. Praise God. We can live in the most corrupt and wicked of age, of ages, and yet we can be, remain untainted unaffected, untouched by the sins around us. Noah proved it. 500 years he resisted the sin of the womb. Amen. For 500 years he fought against and he triumphed against the sins around him. With God it is possible to live a holy life in the, midst, in the most ungodly place. If you believe in that, say amen. Say, I can live a holy life. In the most ungodly of places, in the most unholy of places, I can live a godly life in Jesus' name. Praise Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Do you believe this? Don't make excuses. I beg you in Jesus' name. I, I don't know who I'm speaking. Don't say everybody's everybody. We don't look at everybody. We still believe that if Love not the world, neither the things in the world. If you love 
the things of the world, you become an enemy of God. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I want to be a friend of God. You know why Abraham is called the friend of God? Because he's an enemy of the world. Imagine. The man left everything. Did you see Abraham making alliances with the people of this world? Does he marry their daughters? Does he worship their gods? No. That's why Abraham was given this title, friend of God. When you don't love this world and its sin, you become the friend of God. If you love this world, you become the enemy of God. Which one do we want? In Jesus' name. I want to be the friend of God. Let the world call you evil, the most wanted person, whatever, it's up to them. We want to be the, we want to get the title friends of God in Jesus' name. So Noah proves to us it is possible to overcome the world. But Lot tells us what happens when a man of God compromises with the world. God have mercy. God give us the spirit of Noah in Jesus' name. Now let's continue in this message called Jesus our refuge. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, let's turn to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 16. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 16. Genesis 6 and verse 16. A window shall thou make for the ark. And in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. Amen. There was only one ark with one door and one window. Amen. Can we say one ark? One door. Say one window. Amen. There are many people building arcs today. All of them are saying these arcs will save you. You know who I'm talking about. All kinds of religions, philosophies, all are building arcs. You can hear them. You know, the hammer blows. Noise all around, construction sites. Enter this ark. You will be safe. <laughs> but there was only one ark. Let's say one ark. Say with me, there is only one God. You're Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Praise God. Say there is only one Jesus. There are many so-called arks, many so-called Jesuses. There are some people with building arks in which they say that this ark has three doors. Of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Don't enter into that ark in the name of Jesus. That is a wrong ark. You must find the right ark. One ark. One God. One door. Jesus said, I am the door. Praise God. When you see the ark with three doors and three windows, run away from it. That, sick, that ship is going to sink. That's the Titanic. They may praise it and say it's unsinkable, 
Be careful of that ship. Don't book a ticket on the Titanic in Jesus' name. Find the one God ark in Jesus' name. The ark which says Jesus is God alone. At one door. Praise God. That is the ark we are looking for. Amen. Because all other arks that were built in those days would be destroyed in the flood. The only ark which could withstand the force of the flood is the ark that God told Noah to build. Hmm. There is only one Jesus who is God alone. And only he can save the world from the coming destruction by fire. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Acts 4 verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved in Jesus' name. There is no salvation in any other name. Which ark, ark are we entering into? Don't enter the Titanic. It will sink. The ark of Noah did not look like much. From the description, we get the impression it's very crude. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing. But listen, it did not sink. The Titanic sank. It was the most beautiful and most powerful and most celebrated ship. But it sank. But not the ark of Noah. Because it was built according to the word of God. Praise God. Let me tell you that which can withstand the judgment of God. Only that which is built by the word of God can withstand the judgment of God. Are you with me? Let's repeat this. Only that which is built according to the word of God can withstand the judgment of God in Jesus. The world cannot withstand the fire that God is going to send upon this earth. Because they have not put on Christ through baptism in Jesus' name. They have not entered into Christ. Jesus is not their ark. Only Jesus can withstand his own judgment. When we repent, are baptized in Jesus' name, put on his body, that body of Christ is indestructible. No fire can destroy the body of Jesus. Enter into Christ. If a man be in Christ Jesus, ah, hallelujah. What did Paul say in Galatians 3.27? As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now hit that body with flood, with fire, indestructible. Put on Christ. That's why Peter said, save yourselves. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. He's telling them how to avoid the destruction that is coming by fire. Some rich people today, multimillionaires, are building um, what nuclear bunkers. They're trying to find ways to live on the moon because somehow they think they can escape a nuclear explosion. How about that? We have news for them. When the fire of Jesus comes, there's no nuclear bunker, bunker that's going to save you. Only the word of God. Either you are in Christ or you will be destroyed by the fire. Praise God. There is no engineer 
clever enough to build you a nuclear bunker to withstand the judgment of God. Only the word of God can withstand the judgment of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, there were many Hebrew children called Jesus, called Yeshua, in the days of the Lord. But the angel Gabriel was dispatched to only one woman in Israel to assign the real name Jesus. Amen. <laughs> there be Jesus is many. There be many arks. There is only one Jesus. There is only one ark of Noah. And anyone who wanted to be saved had to find that ark of Noah. Anyone who wanted to be saved. The animals knew that there is only one ark of Noah. Amen. They knew that there is no tree that can save them. There is no mountain to climb up. You know, animals in the days of Noah showed us that they are more spiritual than human beings. Eh? They didn't even listen to Noah preaching. They heard the voice of God. But the humans heard a preacher preaching for 120 years. And they did not enter the ark. Hallelujah. It appears to me animals uh, are the best church goers. They heard one message from God and they said, let's go to the ark. Finish. Praise Jesus. I wonder what the humans were doing, looking at all these animals going past them. Was that not a miracle? Should they not ask what's going on? Why do we see the animals coming two by two? The clean ones by sevens, the unclean by twos. Is that something that happened every day? Are you with me? What's wrong with human beings? Can't we recognize a miracle when we see a miracle? They probably got a philosopher who explained it away. What you are saying is not true. What? I'm seeing two giraffes going to the ark. And behind them, I see two hyenas walking with two lions. You know, normally hyenas and lions don't, they're not in peace together. These guys are going to the ark. Hyenas and lions are going to live together in the ark. Come on, that's a miracle. Wolves and sheep are going to lie down together. Of course, in their rooms, maybe. The snake. They saw two snakes crawling. Where are you going? <laughs> they, you don't need, I mean, you don't need to ask. I'm following, I'm following the trail. Hallelujah. Two eagles making their way to the ark. Wow. Majestic. Only God. Say, only God can do this. That's why we worship him. We glorify him. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adores him. You know, here human beings go into the forests and jungles with binoculars and food for many days, uh, trekking, etc. Why? Just to see the bald eagle or spotted whatever. You don't need to. In the days of Noah, they were all coming by. Just find your spot near the ark. If you love animals, animal planet, you love animal planet, just come. Amen. Before there was animal planet, there was a Noah planet. Praise God. Everybody, hear all the animals filing past one by one. Hallelujah. 
You want to know what kind of animals God made? Just find your, you know, picnic just outside of the ark. This must have been a feast for biologists, yeah? bird watchers and whatever they call themselves. Look at, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Ah, do I need to say more? Just please use your imagination. God is good. He is great. He is awesome. Only he can do this. No human can do this. He brought them. I, I don't know how long it took the tortoise and the snails. Maybe they started a few days or years before going to the ark. <laughs> Unless Noah went and caught the snails and brought them. He said, I'll, I'll give you a helping hand because otherwise this is going to take too much time. So the snails, the tortoises, the, uh, the sloth bear, these guys are really slow. The cheetah may be the fastest, but he has to have some patience. It doesn't help if you run at top speed into the ark. You have to wait for the snail to come. Praise God. Yeah, you see how wonderful it is? How good God is? He does the impossible. Maybe God just took them by himself. The tortoise and he said, I don't, I don't have time for this. My fury, my judgment is burning. I don't know which one it is. But be sure, the snail also entered the ark. So did the cheetah. So did the lion. So did the eagle. Praise God. They were all in there. Their best friend was Noah. You know, at the end of the day, may God make the preacher our best friend. I'm not just speaking about me. Of course, it's good to elevate the ministry of the preacher. But the best friend of all the creatures was the preacher. The preacher and the creatures. Praise God. The creature and the preachers. Amen. So, what a beautiful thought to meditate upon. Noah and the creatures coming to him. But the Bible says, they, I mean, they all went to one ark. The animals don't make a mistake with where they should go. They knew where there was salvation. But human beings seem to be confused. I sometimes look at human beings. They go to, you know, all kinds of gurus and they go here and there. Not the animals. The animals made no mistake. You couldn't try to convince an animal along the way. Excuse me, I think... Uh, I, I, do you think there's salvation with this guy called Noah? Do you think God is with him? No chance with the animals. The animals do not get deluded. They knew where to go. They knew where there was salvation. May God help us to learn from the animals. Hallelujah. They knew where to go. But humans don't know where to go sometimes. All the gods... All the deities that claim to provide divine protection and refuge from the catastrophe perished once the heavens opened up and the subterranean channels opened up. Only the ark that Noah built, according to divine guidance, prevailed against the flood. Praise God. Like I said earlier, only God's word can resist God's destructive power. Can we say amen? Oh, hallelujah. 
I want to make sure that my salvation is according to the word of God. Because trust you me, when God unleashes his power, it will be too late to test out what we have. Make sure, amen, that we have salvation today. This is why the Apostle Paul asked the disciples of John the, the Baptist at Ephesus, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we haven't heard of them. How then were you baptized? You know why he's asking these questions? There is a judgment coming. Did you build the ark according to the correct specifications? Otherwise you won't last. Amen. Only the word made flesh can resist the coming fire that God will send soon to consume the present world. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10 confirms this. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Listen, the earth also and the works. Remember what I said earlier? The work. What work are we doing for God? I pray it will not be burnt up. Jesus is the word made flesh that we enter into. He is our ark, our refuge from the storm. And somebody say amen. Now you know what the ark of Noah represents. Hallelujah. Some time ago I talked about another ark. That ark was made for one special man. His name was Moses, a special baby. Amen. And I said that God allowed that ark to take Moses from a life of slavery to the palace, to a life of royalty. The hands that put the ark into the river Nile were the hands of a slave woman. But the hands that received the ark on the other side in the palace were the hands of royalty. God, in this little journey in the River Nile, changed the destiny of Moses from a slave to a, an Egyptian of royal standing. And I use that to say, the waters of baptism in Jesus' name change our destiny from objects of destruction to the children of God. We put on Christ Jesus through baptism in Jesus' name. Something wonderful always happens in the ark. Something transforming. Something eternal happens in the water in the ark. Praise God. Noah went into the ark and he said goodbye to the old world. A world of evil. A world that hated his faith, a world that mocked his faith, a world that was threatening to choke his faith. Let me tell you, sin and the enemies of righteousness will not always last. There will be a day we will say goodbye. Goodbye, world. 
I no long, I no longer stay with you, whatever that song was. I've, I've forgotten the words, but there will be a time we will say goodbye to the mockers and the scoffers. God himself closed the door. Noah did not close the door. When time is over, God will close the door to this world. We won't even have time to say goodbye because in a moment, in the twinkling of, of an eye, hallelujah, we shall be changed forever. The sound of the trumpet, the church will be caught up and we will be forevermore with the Lord. This is the blessed destiny and hope of the church. When Noah closed, when God closed the door, Noah left his neighbors a world of wickedness. When God opened the door, there was a new world. There were no scoffers, there were no mockers. He could freely worship God when he came out of the ark. There is a new world that Jesus will take us to. Right now we are in Jesus. We are in the storm. Say we are in the storm. We are in the, in the ship. We are in the boat. But let me tell you what. Yes. I know they became afraid sometimes. Because as the water was rising. They began to fear. Because there must have been winds. Waves. Big waves. Like the world has never experienced before. Lightning perhaps. Thunder. But I'll tell you what, because the ark was built according to the dimensions of God, not one piece of wood was chipped off the ship, the ark. Hallelujah. The ark did not spring one tiny leak. Hallelujah. You know, when God builds an ark, it does not need any reparation. There is no harbor. There is no port that you're going to take this ark to repair something. Amen. When you put on Christ, that body needs no reparation. It needs no doctor. It needs no medicine. Praise God. There is no place to take it when it's sick. It doesn't exist. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. The ark of Noah was not made to suffer any damage. There is no reparation. God did not say, by the way, take some tools with you. Take some extra pitch with you. No. Because God sealed it shut. God protected it. Nothing could damage it. They knew it. Praise God. When we are in Christ, brothers and sisters, I want to talk to some of you who may be the storms of life are threatening you. You're afraid. Like the apostles in the boat. You know what though? The apostles in the boat made a big mistake. They were afraid that the boat is too weak. But they forgot. They are not in the boat. They are in the ark. The ark is Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? You see, why were they afraid? They woke him up. Lord, aren't you concerned that we are going to drown? No, because it's not the boat that they're in. They're in Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He stood up, rebuked them, and he said, behave yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the sea became quiet. 
You know, he rebuked the wind because you know what's the source of the problems? It's the wind. So here is a person who stood up and told the wind, shut up, basically. Be quiet. Behave yourself. I'm sleeping. Just tell Jesus when you are suffering the storms of life, when you have problems, say, Lord, I'm in you. These winds cannot threaten me like this. Can you please speak to the wind? Say, shut up. I mean, sorry to use that language, but uh, just say, peace be still. And the Bible said there was a great calm. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Mark chapter 4 and verse 39. Praise God. Mark 4 and 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Somebody say, great calm. Oh, praise God. A great calm. When Jesus, when you are in Jesus, when Jesus is your refuge, you have the right to have a great calm. You can look around you and say, Lord, uh, can you please tell the wind to be quiet? Amen. I need to sleep, Lord. Praise God. I haven't slept for some time because of this problem. It's threatening to take over my life. And Jesus will say, is that right? And he stands up and says, peace, be still. Behave yourself. Praise God. Great calm in Jesus' name. Praise Jesus. Remember, you're not in the boat. You are in Jesus. It's two different things. And the Bible said they were amazed. They said, what man of man is this? Whom even the winds and the waves obey. Imagine standing with these uh, weather people. And they say, today there's a low pressure here, high pressure here. And suddenly Jesus says, no, I'm going to change that. There will be a calm. How are you going to do that? Because he's God. He tells the wind what to do. He tells the seas how to behave. That's the man of man he is. He's God manifested in flesh. Praise Jesus. Can we worship him for a moment? What a wonderful God we serve. Ah, his name shall be wonderful counsel. Jesus always would cause people to be. Last week I was preaching in our church uh, about how Jesus would make people basically astounded, astonished, and marveled. These are the words, superlatives. Jesus always astonished and made people marvel, praise God, because he's God. So I was telling them, don't get too comfortable with Jesus. Even when he's sleeping in the boat, don't get too comfortable. He will wake up and shock you. I don't know if he went back to sleep, but that's why he rebuked him. Just so he can sleep and they can be calm. Praise God. What a wonderful God. He gives us peace. He will rebuke anything that takes away our peace. He will challenge it. It's behavioral sense. My apostles are what, fishing or rowing or whatever they're doing. I mean, praise. You want to do your work? Let Jesus be with you at your job. Whatever is troubling you, he will rebuke it. Even if you're just enjoying the Sea of Galilee, it's good to have Jesus on board. <laughs> A thought just struck me. Imagine how, how much sailors would have paid in those days if they knew that Jesus can actually calm storms. Oh, my goodness. He would have made a fortune. 
Let's have him on, you know, a boat in every ship. Uh, my, my, the cargo will come safely, etc. Praise God. He is good. His mercy endures forever. He is wonderful. Praise God. All this should fill our hearts with praise and worship. Ah, we can't get enough of Jesus. We can't get enough of our God. Amen. He is wonderful. Awesome. Praise God. So when the storms of life threaten to destroy your faith, remember you are in Jesus. You are in the ark. The ark is indestructible. Jesus is indestructible. Praise God. The apostles realized that Jesus was in their ark in the storm in the Sea of Galilee. It's not about the boat that you're in. It's about the Jesus who is in the boat. Praise God. Amen. You know, Jesus did not want the wind to get the attention and the sea to be the boss. Listen, he's God. He made all these things. Why should they get more attention than him? Hmm. Praise God. Praise God. I think this, this is an important thought. Sometimes when you are being threatened with problems that want to overwhelm you, to remind Jesus, Lord, is it right? Am I not supposed to give all my attention to you? So then how is it that that which you have created, whether it's human beings, yeah? I was about to say whether it's the tax man or the tax woman. No, God bless them. They have their job to do. Whoever it is who's troubling you, and every day you wake up, instead of your thoughts going to Jesus, your thoughts go to whoever, whatever is troubling you. You have the right to say, excuse me, Lord, um, are you not God? Should my thoughts not go to you? Should you not be the boss, the pivot? Should you not be the epicenter? So how come? The wind has got my attention and the storms. No, I refuse in Jesus. Jesus, talk to the storm in Jesus' name. Please be still. Hallelujah. So we need to know we are in Jesus. Say, I'm in Jesus. Amen. I'm in Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is a Soon we, the summer season is upon some of us and people will be traveling. I've heard people sometimes tell me, let me say this just off, you know, it's, it's not part of the, it's somehow related to the topic, but I've heard some people say, you know, I, I don't trust that airline. So I travel with A, B, C, D. I I'm feel more safer in Lufthansa or KLM or be careful that you do not make flesh your trust, your ark. It's not Kalem that will keep you safe or Lufthansa. It is Jesus. Amen. The eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms in Jesus' name. Praise God. So I'll, I, I'll prefer to pay a little bit more money and travel with Kalem or Lufthansa or whatever. Mm. God have mercy. I want to be in the ark that is called Jesus. I love Jesus Airlines. I feel safest in Jesus Airlines or Air Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 
May you travel this summer with Jesus Airlines. Amen. When the captain speaks, you know, I've noticed sometimes I don't understand what these captains speak in the plane. They just take the mic and sorry. To, <laughs> I sometimes say, well, what did he just say? I have no idea. Uh, but I'll tell you, when you are traveling in Jesus Airlines, I hear clearly the captain speaking. Amen. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. That's my captain. Amen. There is some turbulence, but I will rebuke it now, and there will be a calm. Ah, that's my captain. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm in Jesus Airlines. Hallelujah. Praise God. But the other captains, I, I still don't know what they say. Sometimes, you know, they you can't hear anything. They just, <coughs> all kinds of, but uh, sometimes I wonder, well, why don't they do something about this? Because if this is important, the captain is speaking. And nobody understood what the captain said. We're in trouble. Uh, maybe the captain said we're in trouble and nobody understood it. Everybody's still smiling. I want to be in Jesus Airlines. Amen. The only ship I feel safe in, the only airlines I'm safe in is the one that is dedicated to Jesus. That I know Jesus is my captain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That is for those who, who have made Captains and airlines, their arm, their flesh. May, may God change your attitude. So let me say Jesus is indeed our refuge. Praise God. Amen. We said, we talked earlier about the, there was also one window in the ark. There can only be one source of light in the church. That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. He is the light. John 8 verse 12. John 8 verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Praise God. Amen. One window, one light, one source of light. For the lion, for the hyena, for the snake, for the eagle. For no one. One source of light. In the church, there is only one source of light. Let's say Jesus. Let's say his name is Jesus. Let me tell you, this world is in darkness. And this darkness is oppressive to the soul. It's oppressive. It at times appears that this darkness is getting progressively worse as we go towards the end of time. So as it gets darker, you know, as the dark clouds gathered and there was no more sunlight for 40 days and 40 nights, whatever little light that came through this one window was such a, it, it was such a wonderful source of light. It was so welcome to all the creatures in Noah's Ark. In the same way, as this world becomes progressively uh, more and more evil, how, more, how much more beautifully and brightly will the light of Jesus Christ shine in our lives and in the church? Amen. So God is good. Let's make sure the only source of light in our souls is from the Holy Ghost. Praise God. May I also add that the lions, hyenas that I spoke about, the cats and the mice, 
the wolves and the sheep, all of them were on their best behavior. Amen. Hallelujah. Something incredible happens when we enter into Christ. Amen. As soon as these animals enter into the ark, a miracle happened. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Where does this change happen? Let's say in Christ. Where did the animal's behavior change? In the ark. Praise God. Who can change the character of these animals? Say only Jesus. It was not Noah. If the lions and hyenas decided to fight, that's the end of Noah. If the elephants said, uh, I've had enough of the lions and they went on a rampage, that's the end of the entire ship, uh, the, the ark. Then we would say it was not an iceberg, but it was an elephant, an elephant, a herd of elephants that ran amok and destroyed the, the ark of Noah. But no, a miracle happened. God changed their characters. Praise God. Thank God there were many rooms and three floors in the ark. Somebody said, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> you know, in Genesis 6, 14, let's read some scriptures again from our key text today. Genesis 6, 14 and 6, 16. Genesis 6, 14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall thou make in the ark. Somebody say rooms, rooms in the ark. And shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Praise God. And verse 16 says, A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof. And then it says, With lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Until we get to heaven, we must find a way to love one another and tolerate each other's quirks and idiosyncrasies. Because trust you me, we all have our own quirks and idiosyncrasies. Uh, we rob each other the wrong way sometimes, although we're all filled with the Holy Ghost. If a brother or sister becomes too much to handle, find another room or flow in the ark. Amen. That says, somebody say amen. Praise God. In the ark, there were many rooms. There were many floors. I was praying and saying, Lord, what does this mean? Is it because all the lions were in one room? No, you can't have enough rooms for all, uh, just, you know, a few lions. I mean, you can't have too many rooms for every creature. I'm looking at the spiritual, uh, you know, symbolism here and to me it seems to speak about in the body of Christ there is room for everyone can we say there's room for everyone so when you're going to check into a hotel I've often looked at the hotel and said uh, I looked outside if there is a, a highway a motorway running past if there's too much noise I often go in and say uh, can I get a flow a room in the top floor you know, there's less noise there. So 
depending on your character, your strengths, weaknesses, let's, let's find a place where we are comfortable in the house of God, in the family of God. There is room for everybody. Don't try to change the, the hyena. You know, the lion knows he, he can't change the hyena. When they entered the ark, they must have looked at each other. I don't know, greeted each other. Yeah. Howdy. <laughs> They're from Texas. Sister Angela. Amen. Um, the wolves greeted the lambs. Everybody has to be on their best behavior for 40 days and 40 nights. Moses had to tolerate the Israelites for 40 years. They, they were hyenas. They wanted to eat him up. May God give us grace to help each other. When we come to the house of God, we need to try to adjust to each other. Do our best in Jesus' name. And we were even yesterday, actually, it comes to my mind, uh, talking about this. And I was saying we can't change people. Uh, but all of us, only God can. But we, our job is to try to understand, look, we're in the same ark in Christ Jesus. God is not going to open the window to throw people out. We're all in the ark. We are going towards heaven. Some people may think that they belong to another church and there is only one church. No, there are even rooms in the ark. There are flows in the ark. Amen. Make room for each other. Give space to each other. Praise God. If you want to call the first flow apostolic church or whatever, well, we'll call the second flow Jesus alone church of Europe. Amen. Be happy with that. Amen. Give us some room. Give us some space in Jesus' name. Praise God. As long as we're all in the ark. Huh? Praise Jesus. Uh, do I make sense? Amen. So, we have to understand the Bible says we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. Ephesians 5 and verse 30. Ephesians 5 and verse 30. Paul and Barnabas had a problem. They left each other, but they cannot leave Christ. They cannot leave the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. The important thing is to come to the ark that represents Jesus. The eagle, the eagle may be the king of the birds, but it could not fly for 40 days nonstop. If the eagle said, look, I'm the king of the birds and uh, I don't need to go into the ark. Well, Mr. Eagle, this flood is going to last for 40 days and 40 nights. And even you, the king of birds, will get tired. I advise you to come to the ark. And the eagle came to the ark. We must enter and rest in the ark. We must rest in Christ. The name Noah means rest. Praise God. Like I said earlier, the cheetah may have been the first animal, who knows, to enter the ark because of its speed. But it had to wait for the snail and the tortoise to enter. You know, there are some Christians whose spiritual speed is no better than that of the snail. But there is a place assigned to these Christians also. Let's be patient. Amen. You know, the lion by nature marks out his 
territory. The line is very territorial. But he knew that he couldn't do that in the ark. He must share the space with the other creatures too. In the ark, we must all consider one another. Amen. We thank God for this message. Jesus is our refuge. I started by saying Noah was a righteous man. Unlike Lot, he saved his whole family. He managed to bring them into the ark. Let's pray that we will bring our families into the ark. Amen. Noah proves to us that in the most corrupt of times, we can still be holy for God. Amen. One ark, there is one God. One plan of salvation, one Jesus. One door, one window, praise God. All this points to salvation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't trust in the boat that Jesus is in. Trust the Jesus who is your boat. Praise God. Let him rebuke the storms around you. Because this boat must come to its harbor. And the harbor of this boat is the new Jerusalem. That's where we are going. And finally, remember there's room in the ark for everybody. Praise God. Give space to your brothers and sisters. We, God, worked a miracle to change the character of all the creatures that he made. He's able to give us grace to help each other, to carry one another until we come to the new Jerusalem. And then Jesus will take over. God bless you. We thank the Lord for this message and we pray for its application in our lives. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us to implement this message in our lives. Let's pray. God bless you.